Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hey Show podcast. I'm on your host today, Ethan, and joining me, as always, are my good friends, Kyle. Hello. And Hunter. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just swell. I almost forgot Dude. to drop the little uh, lower third thing, so there we go. I was just rushing to do that real quick. It's 3 a.m. We, <laughs> we, 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 we started we a bit late. Stupid, yeah. So um, here we are. Um, late as always. So um, happy Halloween, I guess. What date will it be when this podcast goes out? Is it? Is it? I think it's the right, the day day before? right before Halloween. Yeah, it's the day before, because last year it was actually on Halloween, and this year it's Woo. the 30th. So... Um, Happy Halloween, I guess. As you can see, Kyle wore a jacket, I removed glasses, and Hunter's dressed as normal, so it, everything's, <laughs> you know, everything's as normal this Halloween season. Uh, no. Okay, Hunter, why are you dressed as? We do this every year. If you're new here, and you're not on the video version, congratulations, you're not blinded by the the wonderful senses that you're about to see. But uh, on the video version, we usually wear costumes this time of year, so Hunter, why are you wearing I am dressed as Vincent from Final Fantasy VII. And Kyle, what are you dressed as? I'm dressed as Squall Lionheart from Final Fantasy VIII. And I didn't get the memo, so here we are. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I am. You can't really see it, because it just looks like normal clothes, but I've had this costume for months. I am Max from Life is Strange. So oh, I've nice. got the whole oh. outfit here, and I've even got the shoes on. Which is a terrible oh, idea. Yeah, I see the deer now. All, yeah, I've got the converse. You put shoes and on for this? Yeah, I've been wearing Ethan, those shoes for three hours, buddy. Yeah, I've. What? I, don't, don't say it's I, okay. I, I didn't I'm put not boots on, but this costume I did come with like and little leather shin guard things that I put on for reasons you know, that are beyond things. me. Just normal things. Uh, and say something, guys. Hi. Hello. There we go. Hi. I can hear you again. <laughs> you good, bro? Yeah, I'm great, bro. I'm I'm fucking fab. I'm great. Oh. But no, this is definitely the comfiest costume I've worn. Definitely, you just wear regular <laughs> clothes. Imagine. Normal human. This is great. This is why I was like, oh, I'm gonna great. I was like, this is great. I get a hoodie out of it. I I I'm, I don't care. I'll wear a pink top that says Jane Doe on it. I'm 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 I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Got a pair of jeans out of it. I'm 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 living life. It's great. I've managed to land on relatively comfortable costumes before like mm. costume pants i've found are super comfy like when i dressed as joker a couple of years ago those pants were very soft it's great these pants are pretty great too um yeah i'll say this this is definitely the least comfortable jacket i've gotten for halloween on this show no you know i feel Narukami's jacket was nice it was nice and breathable uh this is leather and it's very sticky well, now you know how oh, I feel, because, like, yeah, it was nice to not spend, like, $100 on something this time, which was great, because I have, if you've not been here in the past, I have bought some atrocities on this show before. You have. Um, They've been real good, though. Big they fan. have been, uh, but I am much more of a fan of this one. The only problem is, is, like <laughs> I said, it's been 3 a.m., and unfortunately, uh, I decided to go all out, so I've even got the cheap, nasty kind of faux apple headphones here that i'm not using instead of my actual usual audio ones so i've been listening on these maracas like i, I show them to hunter they're literally like empty oh my god so the past three hours that we've been talking or whatever i've been listening with these shitty earbuds the whole time so it's been great um well, you know it's great like, i've got like little wristbands and everything i went to i was gonna buy a camera but i thought that was a bit too much 
oh, <laughs> when <laughs> I bought this was that I realized that I could have literally just bought the cloak instead of the full thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> what happens. Is well, that's the, th- the shirt that I the shirt was kind of bad. So underneath, I'm just wearing the typical like belt shirt that I've already worn several times. You see, I think that's and the then... problem is the past couple of years when I've worn some, like I say, right atrocities, it's been great that you've only been able to see from like my chest upwards because you don't want to see what was happening down there. Let me tell no, no go. <laughs> don't want to look at that. Whereas this time, it's like a full actual outfit. I'm pretty like, like you can't really tell unless you see the whole of it. So it's like, now I'm like, wow, disappointed. This is like, now I should just, Maybe I should just lean back and just scream into my mic the entire time. Uh, but I don't think that'd that's be okay, dude. a good podcast. Um, you can't really see it on this because of how my camera's angled, but this jacket is cropped. Because apparently Squall wears a cropped jacket, which yeah, he I does. never realized. Yeah, yeah. So you it's just notice? like... You've played I've the game more than I have. I never paid attention, Hunter. I'm just like, damn, sick, thick jacket, bro. Didn't even pay attention. It's like... Fucking, well, yeah. this is this is the end of the jacket yeah that's it's like, like when it's like it's like i, I noticed it's like how i knew that mio also wears a cropped like jacket and i never thought i was like yeah that's fine until i'm putting it on i'm like oh yeah. god this is like the most restrictive thing i have worn in a while this is not great um, like, wait my favorite character has no fashion sense oh no <laughs> yeah I did. I, it was that kind of sad realization where I was like, oh, because oh, nice. I was, because like I say, I came up with this when I was replaying Life is Strange back in when was that, April, May? Like when I was re going through it, I was like, oh, that's amazing. It an was easy in one. like the summer. And then when I realized, it, it, like, I think I posted something on Twitter where I was like, I don't remember if I posted it on Twitter or I said it to you guys. I'm like, I realized that I'm actually a lot. The, I think the reason that I didn't like Max Caulfield when I first played Life is Strange because I'm very much like Max Caulfield in a lot of ways. And when I wore mm. this outfit and I'm like, this is literally something I would wear except for the pink t shirt. I'm like, oh god, this is a problem. My other one, which I would have done otherwise if I hadn't picked Max, was uh, I was going to do Chai from Hi-Fi Rush. That was the other one that I was going to do. Oh, that <laughs> it wasn't cool. that. Um, rest in peace, Hi-Fi Rush. You will, I will remember you. No one else will, but you know, I will remember. remember. <laughs> we'll be the only show that remembers Hi-Fi Rush after this year. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, my webcam up now. But yeah, so. Hey, it's all fun, and we're going to continue the spooky season by talking about Alan Wake 2. That's the big thing that we're talking about this week. Hunter's been playing a tiny bit of it, so he's going to give us his first impressions. And then, if we have time, we are going to do a fun little game. Uh, It's a a new game that we like to call, Which Horror Game World Would You Be Able to Survive In? So, uh, that'll be fun. I think the answer for me is going to be none of them, but we'll talk about it. Why not? It'll be a lot of fun. But if you're new here, this is your podcast. We are every Monday around 5pm UK time, 12pm Eastern. If I sound dead and depleted, it's because, like I said, we're recording this at all three in the morning. It's great. Uh, but we're here to talk about everything we love about in the world of gaming. Uh, you can listen to us on podcast services, just search for Hot Games Only, your favourite podcast, or go to youtube.com forward slash Hot Games Only, where you can look at our stupid faces each and every week. Not in costume every week. Who knows? Maybe I'll wear this again at some point. Uh, like I say, well, I mean, like I'm you not, guys continue to say. I'm not opposed. This is still <laughs> relatively close to my normal outfits. Yeah. <laughs> every day is Halloween in Hunterland. Yeah. Same. I think the only person that looks slightly different is Kyle with the fucking leather, the, the fur. But you know, it's what, it is what it is. The best uh, part about yeah. this one is I can use it again in February when we get Final Fantasy Seven. Oh hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah. Um, bit of housekeeping. Uh, 
the Spider-Man review is up on youtube.com forward slash hot gamers only. I got it up pretty quick, and that's because I've literally done nothing but eat, sleep, and play Spider-Man other than working. Like, I've just been twenty on that grind 24-7. So, yeah, that review is up now if you want to go and check it out. Uh, and I'm assuming that the Mario Wonder review will also be going live this week on youtube.com forward slash hot gamers only as well. Uh, as of recording this podcast, have I finished Mario Wonder yet? No, but uh, mm. I'm pretty. I, I feel like I can do it a pretty good, at a pretty good pace. So it'll probably be up earlier in the it's week. Not that long of a game. No, <laughs> Kyle no. finished it already. Yeah, I finished there's it like th- the day after that episode went up. There's a tiny part the of me. The day after we recorded that episode. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. There's, there's definitely, there's a tiny part of me that really wants to get it up on Tuesday because then that means that I've somehow managed to do four reviews in October, which is like a crazy amount. That's basically like nearly one a week. So that would be fun, but it, it hasn't been fun for my brain <laughs> because writing these things sometimes has just been <laughs> bouncing from game to game. But I feel like it'd be a fun challenge. Uh, it also feels nice. Because, you know, Hunter has been, like, the MVP for reviews for a long period of time, right? You know, you ever go onto the website, and there's always, like, these... If you look at the bottom border, there's just, like, a huge, like, spray of just Hunter, 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 Hunter. So it's nice to see, like, a chunk of me and, like, see Hunter in the minority for once. I'm like, we're never going to see this again. I'm just going to revel in it until Alan Wake and then everything else starts popping up again. Um, but, yeah, check it out. It, 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 I like the I like Spider-Man quite a bit. So you can hear all about my impressions now that the game's done. Uh, we would have talked about it more, but we talked about it before the podcast, so it seems kind of uh, moot to do that now because um, we got we all the passion out for the cast. What's <laughs> We could do. We could also, do it sometime. when we get when we run out of things to like talk, when we need to dip back into the tier list bucket, ranking <laughs> the suits. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. That's that's a good idea. There are some that look great. I thought you were going to say silver then, and I was like, no, we're not carrying this bit into... Ranking the suits, (laughs) because there are some that are great, and then there are a couple that are just heinously ugly. Yeah, there is. There's some really bad ones. Yeah, that'd be be a fun uh, extra thing to do. But hey, there you go. Anyway, let's get straight into it, because like I say, it's late. This might be a shorter episode than usual, because like I say... Man's got to sleep at some point in his life. Uh, so let's start with Alan Wake 2. Uh, first question, Hunter. How much have you played of Alan Wake 2? It's Friday as we're recording, so he hasn't had too long to play. I think I managed because of the conversation that continued to happen to squeak in like... <laughs> squeak it to like three hours, maybe three and a half. Which is a pretty, pretty decent amount of time. Um, and let's let's set... A basis here obviously remedy is known for a lot of things i feel like they're known for obviously they're known for max, max Payne originally Payne, control i think the two things are obviously alan wake one and control where have you where are you on the remedy scale hunter what have you played uh i think now i've played everything except for quantum break because hmm. i played i played max Payne uh yeah. one and two at the end of last year going into this year really liked those i played control back in 2020 and I played Alan Wake one last year, so mm. I think I think that's all of them that, um, or most of them that are like notable besides Quantum Break. Yeah, because I, I think it's really interesting because I don't know if you know this, Kyle, but all of Remedy's games, bar the the original Max Payne one and two, but all the new ones from Alan Wake onwards have kind of 
always been hinted at always being in the same universe kind of this weird especially control yeah, yeah, yeah. and alan wake but even yeah. quantum break has references this they've kind of created their own universe that all these games are set in so even though they're different genres and do different <laughs> things they're all interconnected which i think's really interesting and there's always references and yeah i, I think the interesting thing is alan wake 2 is one of those games that i think a lot of people we're expecting to never exist because Alan Wake One was like this cult More classic. Like Alan that... Wait. Yeah. Alan Wake One, cult classic, came out fucking ages ago, over a decade ago, right? When was the original Alan Wake? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Jeez, that's cr- that's ages ago. Um that's like same age as like AC Brotherhood. That's ah, that's crazy. But yeah. Yeah, maybe so like, twenty ten. Yeah. So it's like it's a cult classic game that I think that it wasn't necessarily a huge financial success. So I don't think anybody ever expected to see it again, but after the boost in control and stuff like that, it's given Remedy this freedom to go back. It wasn't a huge financial stuff. success, but from what I can gather, that's like Sam Lake, who's the lead writer mm-hmm. over at Remedy. It's like his favorite project was Alan Wake. So like eventually well, one of the, one of the characters like was... is based on his likeness, right? Cause I know the original uh, Max yeah, Payne the was based on his capture... likeness. Yeah. He's got a very, he's got a very iconic face. It's very funny because, yeah, it, it the he's like a Saga Anderson's partner is the Sam Lake face captured guy, and it's like it, his name is Alex Casey, which is hilariously in the universe of Alan Wake, also the name of Alan Wake's novel character, who is just Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, very funny. The play that they're, they're having a lot of fun with it, right? Um, yeah. And I guess the main difference between the original Alan Wake and this one, at least from the marketing, is I remember when they first revealed Alan Wake 2. I can't remember if it was at the Game Awards or if it was at... Um, oh, yeah, it was the Game Awards. It was the Game Awards, wasn't it? And they came out and that big thing slowly was... approached the screen. And I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like a character. I'm like, it looks vaguely like a character in Troy Baker's archetype. And then Ethan looked real closer at the screen and then a jump scare happened. <laughs> <laughs> You said Troy Baker, yeah, I was instantly right. like, now I'm invested, and then I got jump scared, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> what what I do for Troy Baker? And it wasn't even Troy Baker. But yeah, because I remember the big thing that they came out on stage, and they were like, it's a horror game, we're doing it for real this time, because the original Alan Wake wasn't necessarily a horror game, whereas this time they were like, no, we're doing it, we're making Remedy, we're making a horror game, Remedy's making a horror game. That's like, And they've sure toyed the with like point. the idea of horror in as an element in like all of their games max Payne had a bunch of sequences that were like these weird dream the what would have passed for creepy at the time i mean same sequences alan wake same kind of it's got some creepy and control has such a kind of eerie atmosphere to it where it's like people like i've control i've had in my eventual like game list for years now right but it's like every time i go to it i'm like I said, I'm like, is it going to be a bit too creepy? Because every all the gameplay I've seen, it's like it's got that almost. It has that same kind of feeling that the Stanley Parable had to me, where it's like this eerie kind of emptiness, where it's like, even though there might not be anything there, the fact that you're alone and it's dark and it's kind of this like in like you know, the it's sa- like the kind weird of kind of feeling psychological one gets in their su- stomach if you're like alone in an office building after midnight or something. Yes, this, that's, that's li- like literally the reason space. why I was not a fan of, like, that's why I felt it in the Stanley Parable, right? There's like, there's, in the Stanley Parable, there's like, I don't, 
it's, there's a very rare chance of seeing like very quickly as you're going through the offices someone run past one of the doors and that happened to me and once i knew that there was like there's people here and it like it just it shivers <laughs> down my spine instantly like there's just that kind of fear there's something about office buildings that, in the dark or when you're alone in an office building creepiest fucking setting same with school that's why so that, if you've ever been in that's a school why that back room nonsense has taken off in the past couple of years because it just looks like unoccupied office hallways <laughs> <laughs> the back rooms always annoys me as a doctor who fan because the premise of the started? Way- the the backroom's original kind of monster concept is basically the weeping angels from doctor who and all the and oh. they kind of happened uh. at the same time but it was very clear that the weeping angels were first and all the backrooms fans are like no they copied all. i'm like no it was it was doctor who first i'm oh, sorry backrooms okay. fans it was doctor i've who always first. smacked talk slender man because i'm like you just look like jack skellington without the personality and tentacles <laughs> <laughs> but anyway alan wake two horror game through and through remedy's first proper attempt at a horror game that is a horror game not just creepy for the sake of being creepy right um yeah how are you finding it so far um so far um honestly they've done the bold move of at the moment first of all alan wake is not who they start you playing you play as the other character saga anderson who's been in the promotional material as they've been promoting it as a game with two protagonists Mm-hmm. which I think despite the fact that you may not think that they would do that because, you know, the other guy's name is the name of the game. The titular character, um, yeah. I think that uh, this is probably a decent move because a lot of people haven't played Alan Wake. A lot of people would start to play Alan Wake and be like, ah, gameplay kind of bad, gonna bounce. <laughs> um, and then, it is from that era. It sure is. And then... um. Anyway, my point is it's a decent way to introduce you to the world through the eyes of somebody who knows about as much as a newcomer to the world would. Uh, I think it's also it a feeling... good idea. Yeah, so, sorry, carry on. Uh, yeah, without it feeling too like, oh, as you know, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, you know, the problem with sequels doing this to characters who've lived through it is, you know, they should already know it, so it makes no sense to be telling you. Just exposition for exposition's sake. Yeah. It's like, we've got to catch some people up. It's what I really like about um, Spider-Man 2 with when they bring back characters from the DLC or something like that. They don't go, hang on a second, guys. Let's do some catch-up. They're just like, either you know it or you don't and we're going to roll with it and you can just hop on the bus anyway. <laughs> and it's just like, let's yeah. get going. Um, but I think it's a good idea for Alan Wake especially because from what we've seen from the promotional side, the stuff with Alan himself seems to be a lot more of the experimental stuff, the weird kind of stuff that they're doing. I know there's a load of live action elements involved and it's like, so I feel like starting off with the character that's not necessarily more normal, but in like a more stereotypical, like introductory situation that's not too complicated for an audience to understand. It seems like her scenario is the more grounded of the two. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Uh, <laughs> relatively speaking, anyway. Um, I mean, I mean but, it's Remedy. It's always going to be... Yeah, uh, it's always going to be weird. This is yeah. the thing I appreciate about Remedy is, similar to like how I like Kojima's games, for him just being able to be weird at the AAA level in a way that most AAA developers are cowards. <laughs> um, Remedy <laughs> yeah. is also a- afforded the opportunities to be 
weird in a way that most people won't be, and I like them for that. It's it's, and I think I don't know if it's because in the games industry, and I, I'm saying that in a year where we've had a lot of good games, and I feel like a lot of the shining examples of games this year have been kind of the more stuff like Alan Wake, stuff like Baldur's Gate, right? It's like these are games that most of the time AAA people would not let you make, but people are making them anyway, right? I think there's some really cool stuff happening. But in the past couple of years, we definitely have been feeling a bit stagnant where it's like, hey, look, the Game of the Year nominations this year are a Souls-like and a third-person action perspective game. And it's like, you know, we kind of, we've been sitting on the same kind of game types and game structures since basically mid to late gen ps4 right we've all been riding on the narrative third person adventure game the third person we've had they've all been very much narrative so having stuff like this where it's like hey what if we mix live action elements into weird sections and you know have weird talk show elements and just like going super weird and trying technology that necessarily not many people have tried before i think that's really cool and interesting i remember seeing the the last Alan Wake trailer they did, not the final trailer, but the one they did at Summer Game Fest where they showed off the Alan Wake side of Alan Wake 2. And I was like, you know, that's damn, that's really damn interesting to the point where I'm like, I'm not a horror fan, but I might pick up Alan Wake 2 down the line because it's so interesting what they're doing. Um, and also, the game is so gorgeous that they can easily mix live action and regular. And it's very, like, it just kind of works. Yeah, yeah. There was a scene at the beginning where I could be wrong about it, but oftentimes, like, definitely during, like, these close-up shots, you could tell they were models. But if it pulled pulled back, it seemed like it could have just been a wide, like, shot from a camera rather than, like, you know, a model in a game. And, you know, as it was happening, I didn't really have time to examine it again, Mm -hmm. but it definitely passed, like, a at a glance for real if nothing else mm-hmm. so what's the what's the basic premise here what's the story of alan wake uh, to, so where are we picking up it picks up you know 13 years after the first game so it's kind of like you know 13 years ago was when the first game mm-hmm. happened or came out so it's basically present day um the town that the first game took place in bright falls people have been disappearing from there all of these disappearances happened in 2010 but only now their bodies are being discovered Hmm. so that's kind of like the mystery that brings the two fbi agents to town and uh very quickly you learn that there's this cult involved with uh some recent more recent murders that have happened Hmm. and uh that's essentially where the sto- I just got to the f- I just finished the first boss fight uh as of when I stopped playing mm-hmm. and, and I just kind of got the uh saw Alan Wake properly for the first time there. He's that he's real um and it it takes elements from the first game too like in the first game you were constantly picking up pages of this manuscript that Alan seemingly had written that was telling you the future or potentially things that had already happened exactly as they had happened. The timey-wimey uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah. And that's happening here again, playing into the mystery of... And because and it makes... It's a lot more interesting to have the uh, person who is just reading this happen to them who's not, not Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So that's fun. It's really bold of this game, too, because I played for like, it feels like it was an hour and a half or two hours before I even shot my gun. Hmm. It's like, it's definitely a horror game, but also a lot of the elements that are going into it are like detective stuff. Like the uh, main mechanic that it introduces you to at the beginning is a. Uh, they call it the Mind Place. I'm just going to call it the Mind Palace because that makes more sense to me. Um, uh, you click a button and Saga basically uh, goes into her head and there's like a mental case board that she has. Those the show where you lay out the, thing. Yeah. yeah where, you, where you just lay out bits of evidence and stuff and go through the motions of what a detective would do to solve a mystery and whatnot. Yeah. Uh no, fair enough. Um, There's not really a whole lot of problem solving that actually goes with those, aside from, ah, uh, yes, logically, it does, who's the who are the killers? These weirdos in the deer masks. <laughs> so kind of, yeah, like more like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It's more like, in a lot of AAA games, it's like, can you solve the puzzle? And it's not really a puzzle. It's just like... A, this goes in yeah, the square like, hole uh, kind it's, of thing. It's like, <laughs> like, like I said, it's going through the motions more than it is like actually um, solving anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like Danganronpa or Ace Attorney where you've got to actually present the evidence. I mean, sometimes you'd have to think on those either. You know what it is. Yeah. But yeah, no, fair enough. I guess one of my big questions is, is how, so you said not firing a gun for like the first 60, 90 minutes of the game. Yeah. What, is the gameplay loop kind of like for this game because from looking at it i don't know if it's a good comparison or not but when i was watching the gameplay trailers when we've seen a lot of it once we started seeing stuff that wasn't just alan's cdi face um (laughs) what we saw a lot of you know it's that kind of behind the back third person perspective it gave me a lot of resident evil kind of vibes in terms of the way the character was moving about it kind of yeah, yeah. reminded me of the modern resident evil games does it feel a lot like a modern resident evil game in ways or is there something that's may- maybe distinguishes it more so i would say the distinguishing element probably is this whole extra detective layer of uh bit that you got going on there mm-hmm. but um, as far as like in the action and whatnot, it is very similar to where you're basically coming across things that's directing you to go to the other key points of the map and whatnot as you move on. It was like a nice oh. yellow paint for Twitter to have a go at. Oh <laughs> my god, man, that debate was so silly. <laughs> Did you see the streamer or whatever who was struggling with the the pulling down the two analog sticks of yeah. spider-man <laughs> and i'm like this is why we need yellow paint guys is because exactly people can't, can't read the hold read. yeah yeah but yeah. uh but yeah it is very simple like it's got a, it's got a very classic kind of like it's a very forgiving horror game inventory where it gives you like what seemed to be like 10 or 15 or maybe 10 or 12 slots mm-hmm from the start, like without any upgrades, and that's quite a bit. So, you know, that's nice. Um, but it does have the general loop of what you would expect for that kind of thing. Like, uh, the whole thing with Alan Wake's spooks is monsters or whatever come from uh, just literal darkness will like infest people, and mm-hmm. you beat them back with a flashlight and that makes them susceptible to bullets after that. So 
so it's like Luigi's Mansion. But with guns. <laughs> Instead but of a guns. vacuum. Stick yeah. that on the box. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist because it's digital only. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh, that's so upsetting. You, you've got to assume that they're going to make a physical at some point, right? Eventually, they have to. Like, And on the bright side, it, you might get the final version, like all updates and everything yeah, all in yeah, one, which like is the... maybe a bright side Whatever. if they do it. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's what you expect. A lot of the, like, there are, like, lamp posts or whatever, like, shining lights that will act as little brief um, safe spots that as soon as you walk out of or if you antagonize a monster from said shine of light there, it'll disappear. But it heals you and whatnot when you walk into it. Um, and, and then there are proper safe rooms and whatnot when, as well. Where you can do your, you know, manual saves and all of that. It auto saves too, but this game is super weird about its. Uh, it's super inconsistent about its checkpointing. I've found, mm. like, there were like I crossed over a couple of chapters. Like I think I got to the end of what would have been the third chapter. Well, second full chapter. There's there was one at like the very beginning that served as like a five minute prologue essentially, but like the second full chapter there. And the save point didn't happen until having a conversation a little bit after. Like, you'd figure the save point would happen right at their little fancy transition chapter end screen, rather than having to have a conversation a little bit into the chapter for it to do its thing. But... That's not how it went, so that was weird. But also then, this boss I just fought, the checkpoint was right before the boss uh, so it's a little weird but whatever I'm sure I'll get over it uh, I guess the big question I have is how scary is it what would you how how are you feeling on this how spooky is it now put yourself Obviously, in a normal human now, yeah, I, yeah, hang on, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 take a step back not on the <laughs> hunter scale of nothing scary or cowards I want like a how do you think a regular person will react Ethan's to this video game? World. Yeah, not I'm, me. I'm pretty like sure opposite. that the opening segment of this game probably would get a few people real good because um, you play as like a regular not protagonist, just the victim of one of these cult assaults for the first three minutes. Oh, good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was really good at setting the tone. I think that it probably would get people pretty good, and then atmospherically it does a really good job at like as things go as things were going on it was like very good about just the sun subtly getting lower and it was like ah yes surely like it wasn't one of those you know you walk into a building and some stuff happens and then you walk out and now it's dark and everything is going down now it was very subtly building the tension that's what I, i respect this game for being such a slow burn at the beginning here it really lets you gestate in the world it's uh a good move because that was the best mm. part about the first game was it's a world and general concept. No. Uh, Fair enough. But yeah, I'd say it's probably fairly um, intimidating for most regular folk. <laughs> the most <laughs> regular folk mocking us already. And how are you finding Hunter? You just like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I've got nerves of steel. Pretty much, yeah. I can do this all day. 
<laughs> I'm Vincent Valentine. I don't have any emotions. <laughs> Pretty much. Fair enough. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we haven't brought up? Um, nothing's coming. Any game breaking bugs? Any? Uh, did Alan did, Wake ever turn into a cube? Cube? Yeah. No. In any cube? There was a. There did was. Did Alan Wake it, ever leave a silly hat on? At the start of the second chapter, there was a prompt uh, for you know. It was one of those conversation prompts that I clicked on, and it acted as if I clicked on it, except the conversation didn't happen, and therefore the progress that should have came from the conversation never happened. So I had to reload it. That's how I figured out that it didn't checkpoint me after the uh, chapter (laughs) ending. Fair enough. Uh, I was like, oh, I have to watch this cutscene and dodge this guy again. Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) But... That's the only thing that's happened to me so far, as far as that's concerned. Um, there is one thing as far as the detective elements here, where on top of the case board where you're taking like the bits of evidence and just like doing the string thing together, she's got this other thing called profiling, where she puts herself in the shoes of the uh, characters that she's talked to and just kind of deduces things that way. And some of those deductions seem like a bit of a reach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where I'm like, huh, I'm really good at predicting where things go, and I would not have... There was zero things to go off of for you to pull that information out of so far. <laughs> like, like uh, there were the first thing... Well, some of the first people you talked to after you talked to, you know, the people at the crime scene is there were some witnesses at a diner that you go and chat with. And uh, she just kind of magically infers that uh, the one lady took a necklace from the scene that belonged to the cult people. And I'm like, where did you get that from? Where did that information come from? She's just a really good agent, Hunter. You just got good intuition, dude. You just don't yeah, understand. Dude. You're just not You're just not as good, Hunter. That's why you're not an FBI agent. Maybe she That's is why you're Vincent Valentine. She is letting on. Yeah. Maybe she's the villain. Yeah. Maybe know. she did it. Maybe she's, she woke Alan. She's the one writing the story. Yeah. Or whatever this game's Alan. about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never played it. Alan went downhill after he became woke. <laughs> I was going to say, how many people do you think have gone, Alan woke? <laughs> Female protagonist? Like, oh no. I'm sure that was probably Somebody some will have done that. Some idiot said that unironically. When they introduced Saga and the promotional material, I would not be shocked. Probably several idiots, but, you know, (laughs) y'all have the same personality, so you count as one. One big idiot blob. Yeah. Oh, dear. Right, anyway, uh, I don't know what else (laughs) to say. Uh, Would you recommend Alan Wake 2 from what you've played so far, Hunter? This little Yeah, I'd recommend it. It's, It's... it's interesting so far. I'm fascinated by it. There's, It's got this kind of tone that in this year of games that's been pretty stellar, no other game has had quite the kind of vibe it has, which is impressive as far as that's concerned. If you tried the other one and didn't like it or played the other one and didn't like it, I'd say still give this one a shot because the world is still interesting and I think the gameplay is more focused. And if you've played Control, but not Alan Wake, would you say that you are fine to hop aboard Alan Wake 2 without 
try again like remaster i know there's a remaster out and stuff like that but would you say that it's a safe yeah transition? if you think this is interesting yeah because like like i said saga's whole plot line seems to be onboarding you into the world without needing prior knowledge really well, there you go. Alan Wake, pretty good. Pretty terrifying for normie people like me. Very good. So there you go. Uh, let's move on, I guess, to our other topic of the show. As we said, shorter episode this week, so buckle up, kids. Because um, I'm sure this next 15 to 20 minutes is going to be great. And if this goes to shit, we'll have Hunter talk to us about Dredge. It'll be fine. We'll be, we'll be fine and done. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I jokingly said while we were thinking of something to do in our two hours of talking before the podcast actually started, uh, it, which horror game world would you be able to survive in? So this is the real question here, because I've been thinking about this for like the entirety of this podcast in the back of my head. And I was like, you know, I think I would be one of those people that died on the first day of all this shit, of any shit going down. You know what I mean? Like Last of Us, I'd be one of those fucking goners instantly, dude. I'd be dead instantly. No oh, chance yeah. in hell. I wouldn't even um, try to survive The Last of Us because if a zombie apocalypse in that way happens, I'm quitting because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do not know? like the vibes. You know, Goodbye. I, I thought I was like I I um was of a similar mindset until the TV show episode three of the TV show what they did with Bill and Frank where um Bill basically became obviously Bill's a hermit in the game but he basically made his own compound where they just live a normal life they have like a massive electric fence around everywhere they just have like a normal home and they're just oh, you know nice. big chilling I'm like you know if you're resourceful and crafty like that. And you're in, like you're in, you're someone that prefers to be isolated. I'm sure you'll have a, a fine time there. But uh, other than that, it might be me. I'd be dead. I was more saying that if the world ends via zombie apocalypse, that's lame, and I don't want to do something cool. Crash the moon, make dinosaurs come back, aliens. I don't care. Not zombies because zombies are played out. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sure that's the first reaction that's we'll fair. have. If zombies actually happened, you just walk out the door and go, this is played out. <laughs> I'm fucking Damn. Up. Writers really ran out of ideas. Yeah, I'm cut up in dinosaurs, good it, walk back in. <laughs> dinosaurs would be substantially more interesting. I would okay. much rather be killed by raptors than zombies. It'd be, more, out, it'd be so cool. Hear me out. Zombie dinosaurs, yes or no? Um, I mean... All the dinosaurs are dead, so they'd technically be zombies if they came back. I'll accept it. Fair enough. Now, okay, so by Hunter's logic, Hunter <laughs> thinks that Jurassic Park is about zombie dinosaurs. You know, Jurassic Park is a zombie movie? Hell yeah. yeah. According to Hunter. <laughs> write it down, guys, write it down. Um, Life finds a way. Next up is the world of Resident Evil. Now, the thing about Resident Evil is... Their zombies Hunter... have superpowers, so that'd be cool. <laughs> now, now, but here's the thing, Hunter, and you have to... <laughs> the superpower to... of using a chainsaw. Because I'm not up to date with Resident Evil lore, right? My, my Resident Evil knowledge is Resident Evil 4. There was this thing that happened in a police station, uh, and at one point Chris Redfield went to a fucking volcano and punched a rock. Uh, that's my entirety of my lore. And there's this guy called Ethan Winters, and he loves chopping his hands off. That's his kink, right? That's all I know. That's my entire <laughs> Resident Evil knowledge. 
Is it more of a kind of there are these kind of specific areas, specific sites that have these things happen, and then these inve- these teams go and investigate them, but the rest of the world is fine. It's like all undercover, and there's no but, real knowledge of it. Or is it an apocalypse, and everyone's trying to just make the best of it? It always seems it's always portrayed like a contained incident that people just deal with and you know the people who have to live through it you know suffer but it doesn't ever seem to extend further than that until the events of another game where something similar happens elsewhere because like uh you know leon survived raccoon city and started working for the government which didn't collapse because raccoon city was dealt with mm-hmm. so um for regular schmucks who are lucky enough to not land in the, you know, ground zero of a Resident Evil disaster, by that by that standard, yeah, you could potentially live through the world of Resident Evil. But <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd be uh, fine in that situation. In any other situation, I'd be fucked. I'd be first person. If, if you know. are uh if you are if you were a resident of Raccoon City, your chances of surviving that compared to a regular zombie outbreak would be slimmer because mm. like I said, those zombies have powers. <laughs> yeah. Mr. X has a nice hat. <laughs> You wouldn't be shooting off Lickers his hat are... if it was real life, dude. I'll tell you that. Absolutely you know, not. Let's fuck yeah. with his hat just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Um, Liquors would ruin people's lives, etc. Oh, yeah. Again, it's like, no, I, I wouldn't want to be there. Like, no, I'm good. Like, could you imagine, like, when you're like, oh, you know, when you're playing a game, when you're playing, like, Resident Evil 4 or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah. This is fun. This is cool. I like being Leon. If you were there, you'd die to the first fucker. Like, never mind thinking about what else, not only getting through that village, but then, you know, stuff like the minecart sections and stuff like that. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. not living this. You've got no chance in hell. <laughs> no chance. Like, generously with Resi 4, you could potentially make it up to the first, I would say that up to the first assuming that you didn't trigger like the entire village's alert at the beginning pretend like you were able to be sneaky enough to yeah either dodge past them or mm-hmm. take them off one by one mm-hmm. or whatever up to the first time that the plaga pops out of somebody's head and starts doing the little scythe swoops oh yeah <laughs> oh i then think you, I, no, no, then no, no, no. you would be screwed i i don't think you even make it to that because you have to go through the fucking lake with the big Oh yeah, Fucking... I forgot that happens first. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, yeah, that, okay. Yeah, that'd be Lake down... monster would definitely eat you. Oh yeah. And even then you have to go through the water the water fucking logged area with the the houses and the windy fucking town. Yeah, you did nah, fucking dead. So I feel like Resident Evil also bad idea. I think they're all terrible ideas, right? Nothing in they space. Fuck that ideas. off. I'm dead instantly. Oh, yeah. Dead space. The dead Callisto space monsters are potentially like that. even no. dead. Well, I don't... Okay, actually, Callisto Protocol. Most of them just kind of act like zombies, like regular zombies. So, with the exception of a two-headed guy, um, you might be able to pull that one off if you're careful, I'm given dead. the tech, given the technology. <laughs> Until you put disposal. too much faith in me, mate. I'm fucking dead. I'm just I'm, ta- I'm talking the royal you here. Somebody <laughs> who has to fight. Really? Yeah. No. I'm, Ar- I'm, I'm Alrighty. I'm sorry. Do you think yeah. you could survive Luigi's mansion? <laughs> yeah. 
Can you go- use a flashlight? Yeah, those ghosts just piss Can about. Can you use a vacuum cleaner? Like, I don't think any... Like, just other a than- silly little guy. Yeah. Other than, other than King Boo, you dude. have to fucking run away from. Like, all the other ones are, like, trying pretending to drive cars and piss about, dude. Like, they're not actual... Like, the original Luigi's Mansion maybe would be harder, because you have, like, the more... You have, like, the boss ghosts and stuff mm. like that, and it's a bit more, kind of, creepy. But, like, Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3, they're just like, oh, look, that one's green, that one's red. Gooigi, help me out, you know? Like, well, there's nothing much to it. <laughs> I think Luigi's Mansion I'd be fine with, Carl. I think mm-hmm. Luigi's Mansion would be fine. Maybe. Um, but, yeah. Um, I guess the point I was getting, to about Callisto Protocol was that's definitely at least more survivable than Dead Space is, where oh, the necromorphs... Yeah. The necromorphs on their own, um, as deadly as some of the top-tier Resident Evil monsters. <laughs> um, oh, and then, you know... The extra, and then, and that's just the regular necromorphs. The extra necromorphs on top of those, like the special ones of those. Yeah, Bloodborne yeah, no. again. I'd You're be not fucked. coming out of that one. Bloodborne, I'd be fucked. Like, oh, Bloodborne, no chance. I'd get. I'd I wouldn't get, survive, but that might be the most anyway. fun. Well, you see here. The, I feel like the only one I'd have a chance at is Returnal, because you're just stuck in that fucking loop. So it's like, you know, it's like, give me a billion years of doing the fucking loop. I might actually get to the end of it eventually. Well, you can say the same for Bloodborne, then. I guess. You just respawn at the the checkpoints. But also, you never... I I might not be the hunter, dude. I might just be one of the fuckers in the village. Oh, yeah, one of the NPCs that die because you talk to them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone might come well, up to me. I've, I've got to keep. I've got to live in darkness, Because If I leave my fucking light on inside, someone will come and talk to me at the window, and I'll die. Like that's I can't, <laughs> can't be doing that. Okay, okay. But do you think you could get past the first wolf in Bloodborne? Nah, that wolf. That wolf to get to the checkpoint. No, no chance in hell. No, no. Because I use the thing, right? Is like you can dodge you roll it or whatever to fight that thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, you. You don't have a weapon at that point. You don't point. have a weapon, no. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it either. Because I feel like, <laughs> unlike, if we're going by game logic, then maybe. But I feel like if it's like, oh, it becomes your real life, I don't think you pushing the door will give you your fucking invincibility frames like it does in the <laughs> real and, and Bloodborne, Kyle, so I don't think that'll work. Because you usually can just run past and as long as you hit the interact button, you're safe in that door push. You're safe hey, in that door dude, push. Just, just keep rolling, you're good. Yeah, just keep rolling. It's a top-tier maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would just pull a maneuver that all of the uh, Bloodborne idiots were too stupid to do, and I would play dead. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm just trying to think of any others. Can you think of any other... Depending on the level of trauma of the other people in town, Silent mm-hmm. Hill could be... The most no fucking experience of your life, that. or it could just be a simple trip through town because <laughs> like, it's an, it's it's a location that feeds off of the psychology of specific people in it. Yeah, bro, depending seen, on the have story. You, have, you, have you have you seen my what me like my brain, dude? Like I'd be fucked, dude. <laughs> I'd go to Silent Hill and Silent would be like, "Well, that's a bit much, mate. Can you like can you tone it down a bit?" Like, no, too much. 
I'd be terrible. I'm just, I've realized that I'm just, this must be why, I, this is why I hate horror games or horror whatever it is, because I realize that in my, in any situation that's like, I wouldn't be the killer, I wouldn't be anybody, I'd be just fucking dead. Like, that's me. It's like in <laughs> movies or whatever. It's like, I'm basically, I'm I'm up there with like the first, pe- the, like the first girl that gets killed at the start of every Scream movie, dude. Like, that's my level of survivability and everything. Just instant death is awaiting for me. Whereas I feel like, you know, Kyle would have a bit more of a chance than I would. And then I feel like you'd be the most uh, likely to adapt Hunter out of anybody. If it makes you feel any better, I don't think I'd survive any of these scenarios either. <laughs> feel like you have a better chance, though. Yeah. Like yeah. My runtime through the, mo- in, through the uh, media in question would be longer, but I would still die. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd be I'd be one of those like uh well I'd be like one of the journals in Resident Evil that you find, you know, like just the little background, one of the background stories. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like one of the notes in The Last of Us, but instead of having this moving or heartbreaking story, it'd just be like, look at this dumb fuck he tripped over a rock on the first day because he <laughs> shat himself from a clicker and died. Lamal, <laughs> that'd be my note. I'd be like, oh dear. Although, if we're going by that logic, when last of what, what year did The Last of Us one? It was 2013, right? Yeah, I believe they set the uh, outbreak to happen in 2013. So I would have been, what, 15? Sophomore year? Yeah, yeah 15, would have been 16. like 15, nearly 16. I'd, I'd be fucking dead anyway in that situation, yeah. dude. Yeah. But um, I think that's the thing is, dude, just any horror situation i'd just i'd just curl up into a ball and cry and then i just wait for death that's what i would do although maybe in like a last of a situation don't want to turn into a clicker just like i say off yourself in that situation but yeah i'm just not in horror games but some of my other friends are under the impression that if i were to be put in a jigsaw scenario that i would <laughs> annoy the killer into um giving up by not either not participating or just hassling them. Yeah. <laughs> that seems likely. That seems likely. And I'm like, it's tickling that you think this of me. But now, uh, let us know if you think you could survive. I don't think anybody could survive. I feel like it's like horror protagonists are built different. They are just built different. Where I don't think they it's are. There's, I don't think there's anybody in real life that could really be like a leon kennedy or a chris redfield or anything like that you know like yeah well poor leon that was his first day on the job and he survived (laughs) ethan's first day on the job it being chased around by fucking mr x in a place that you've not even had a full chance to look at where all the rooms are i need to we need to remember this for next year we need to um leave off like super powered characters like kratos and stuff but other game characters and put place them into horror scenarios and Ooh. like tier list who would survive. It's <laughs> a good idea. Like, could Crash Bandicoot survive Resident Evil? <laughs> I think he could. <laughs> I think he could. If he would gets three masks, dude, that's invincibility, dude. <laughs> Mister Mister X won't stand Does a chance. Does he get his fruit bazooka? I don't know if the fruit bazooka would work on Mr. X. 
<laughs> Nonsense. It, 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 it knock his hat off at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can still get the trophy. That's all that still matters. Get the trophy. That's all we care about in this. But yes. on this podcast, all we care about is trophies. I also keep forgetting I'm not wearing glasses, so I just keep going to like prod my fucking eyeballs. And someone, someone in the audience out there, well, write that one down so that you can remind us around October next year. Future <laughs> hunter watching top. this video, put it in the comments. Yeah, please do, please do. Right. Round us out. Or, you know, I we meant... could just put it in our ideas document that we have. That would also be a, that would be a good idea, that would. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is a very Hunter-centric episode, but, you know, it's Halloween, so what do you expect? Uh, Hunter, round us out with Dredge. Give us a couple... Of, talk about Dredge. We might as well. We're here, right? We're here. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Dredge came out earlier this year, and... It was one I was interested in, interested in, but it kind of passed me by, and I finally got to play it like last week or two weeks ago at this point. Um, and it's really cool. Basically, the central premise is you're this random fisherman who kind of woke up in a haze, and your boat's kind of messed up, and you barely sail into town. Similar to like how Jack Sparrow's introduction and Pirates, the first Pirates of the Caribbean, was just barely made it there. So the mayor of the town is like, "Hey, you go out and fish for the town. We'll give you a boat and trade off." That all seems like yeah, trade offer essentially. Um, the more fish you get, the more you pay off your boat and so forth. Um, the cool thing is that rather than just being a normal fishing game, it has, like, this very neat eldritch undertone to it. So, like, everyone in the game, they all seem like the kind of person that if you turn your back on them for too long, they'd, like, slide a knife between your ribs. <laughs> oh, good. So I was like, oh. Or if you say, if or, like, if you just say the wrong thing, they just start screaming about, um, anything, really. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, the ocean gets real creepy at night. Um, sometimes when you're fishing, you'll just get, uh, uh, for example, one of the first things you uh, fish for is like squids at night. And one of them, or the first like deformed fish I got was like a cyclops squid, where it was just like a squid and then an eyeball at the end of it. And I'm like, ah, yes, this is... Hence why I was interested in this non seemingly nondescript fishing game is because <laughs> it's got the cool like eldritch horror vibes to it. And like I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a full on horror game, although I I guess it could potentially be as stressful as one because of all like the uh boat management stuff. Uh you know, the longer you stay out at night, the more like crazy your character gets, you'll start hallucinating like rock paths in your way and i think you'll also hallucinate the subsequent damage you would take if you don't move out of the way of the hallucinated rock paths <laughs> and so forth um so it could still make for a pretty stressful time if you stay up mm -hmm. uh to, if you don't rest at all and like make it back to the you know following day where hypothetically you shouldn't be crazy anymore because it's daytime uh if you've like pushed your luck too far at night and whatnot, you'll still just be harassed by stuff <laughs> because you've gone too crazy. Like birds will come and start taking your fish and all of that, or like the 
sea monsters will get more aggro with you in the broad daylight. Uh, but yeah, it's so, got a very cool atmosphere to it as far as like... There's something about weird fishing towns that hits differently than other horror settings. <laughs> I'm not saying it hits specifically better or anything. It's just got a very unique kind of vibe to it. It hits different. <laughs> no. So what you're basically saying is that Dredge is the, like the antithesis of Dave the Diver. Is what you're really getting at. Like this is the yes, yes. Story. It's like they're, it's, like the, it's, they're it's the opposites like of each other. The yin and yang of uh, video yeah. games. <laughs> but yeah, and as far as all of the atmosphere and all of that's what drew me in, and uh, the actual like gameplay loop of the mechanics is very gratifying for being as simple as it is. Where you just go to it highlights your little fishing spots. You go to them. Uh, do the ones that you can with the uh, you know pole that you have, and you know just typical sell your fish, buy upgrades so you can fish in different areas. There's like five different types where it's like it's the starting one, which I think they just call like uh, coastal. Um, there's one for shallow water. There's one for um, abyssal is for specifically looking for the nightmare creatures in the uh, reefs okay. and whatnot. Um, and there were a couple more that are escaping me at this point, but, you know, just making your boat better so you can store more fish to sell and all of that. Um, I ended up just kind of wasting a lot of time, just aimlessly going to fishing spots and fishing for things that I didn't really need to get because the game lays out your goal of like, oh, there's the, this dude on the... There's basically a guy in this mansion in one of these islands kind of mm -hmm. away from town. He's like, hey, I can make your boat better with with magic, essentially. <laughs> and I need you to go get these items for me. And that's your quest through the game is going to the different areas and retrieving said items that the guy is requesting. And every time you bring one back, it's like, oh, now you have the swift sail, essentially, except for your engine. Fair enough. Because it's not a sail. And other ones, like, it lets you teleport back to the guy's mansion from wherever you were, which helps as, like, a fast travel if you're trying to do something else specific close mm -hmm. by to there kind of thing. So it lays all it lays out your general goal very early on, but I spent the first several hours I was playing the game not really adhering to the goal and just kind of going to the ah uh, I'm gonna catch all of these and go back and I'm gonna catch all of those and go back and now I'm gonna fish at nighttime a little bit so I get one of the monsters <laughs> and just kind of aimlessly I built up a lot of money that I um just pocketed because uh, on top of that get, upgrading your boat you go out and dredge for the um like scrap metal and boards and stuff to uh upgrade get the materials for your boat and on top of the general and then do that to your way. screen too <laughs> <laughs> uh, on top of the general um uh main Some quest there they do right have there. yeah <laughs> I just got taken by the Slender Man for a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on top of the general um, main quest, there, every area does have a side quest or two for you, and they're thankfully they don't really try to push their luck with like giving you 
a dozen different things for each area, thankfully. Because fair enough. That would have been tedious. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's real. It's a neat game, and I'm glad I got to play it. Yeah. Fair enough. See, it's weird now because like I, I, this podcast does come out before Halloween, so there you go. You got a day to play it. Play Dredge. Go on, do it. <laughs> play some Halloween. Or play games. Dave the Diver. Ooh. That's out now. I just like I've checked. It's out. Yeah, it is out. Yeah, I could buy it. It came out yesterday. I will finish um, Mario Wonder first. (laughs) Um, exactly. You you got to finish dinner before you can have dessert. Exactly. Exactly. It's too short to wait for dessert. (laughs) Did you ever finish Inscription? By the way, I did finish Inscription. Um, the first act was the best. Okay. And it's one of those things where I was still into it because of, like, the story hook that they give you at the end of the first act. I was like, well, I want to see where this goes. But also, I liked the vibe of the beginning the most. And I think it it was one of... I'm like, if you would have been able to find a way to give me what you gave me story-wise while also keeping me just in the cabin, that would have been ideal for me i was just curious because i realized that we had that conversation like months ago about it and i was trying to be extremely kind of um repressed with anything that i was trying to get forward because yeah because it was a big twist it was like the next day or yeah maybe two that i got to that i I don't know why when you were talking about this i was just like you know that's reminded me of inscription just in that that was a creepy (laughs) game that uh i I never heard inscription too like, it was mm. cool. It was just one of those things where it peaked pretty early on, and then the rest of it was just kind of mm. still good, but, you know, lower. People, people say yeah. that about you. You say, people say that about a lot of stuff like that, like horror games and stuff like that. People say that about Doki Doki all the time. I've heard a lot of people say that. Where it's like the bir- the first the, the the first big thing in Doki Doki, people were like, oh, holy shit. And then after that point, it's like, Okay, I get it. Like you've played your hand now. Say that, so but I think that the <laughs> I think the second one they do to you is messed up for its own reasons that are still mm. interesting and cool. Yeah, I do yeah. think it is hard though when a game like that has a hand that they have to play. That once you have played it, it's kind of the thing where it's like, okay, you've done that now, and now it's just like we're we're rolling with it. And it's like now it's it's and if it kind clicks, of like it clicks right if it clicks yeah, it clicks but like, if it doesn't you're like well you've already me. played I wanted what to know what was going on yeah but it's kind of like one of the it's kind of like the uh you know final act of a JRPG where it's like if you're not into the characters then you're probably not going to care about the exposition that they're going to. Oh, I thought you were going to say you if you don't care next... about fighting God at the end, then <laughs> no, no. If you're not into the characters and what they've been going through for the like past. 80% of the game, the 20% where they're just smacking you with words until you give up um, is uh, probably not going to hit for you. But remember, guys, well, smacking people with words, it works, dude. It works. Remember that. It works in real life. Called a poetry slam. Oh, I just it's just called bullying. <laughs> oh. That like too, how, I guess. It's like how they bully. Yeah, I, thank you to all of Persona fans bullying uh, Limited Run on Twitter for making the cover art the correct one. Thank you. Cheers to that one. What first time where I'm like, <laughs> you know what, bullying was justified. Why'd you change the golden art? Why would you do it? Crime, absolute robbery. But yeah, they'll do something like put the uh, 
the other the one they were trying to go with at first is going to be the reverse side. Yeah. Well, they, they did say it's a reversible cover. That would be already... that would be the most eve. That would be like the we win in the end. Is if the ugly cover that nobody wanted is the one that's in there when you're sealed. So it's like your choice. Yeah, Do you yeah. want to open your copy and have good box art, or keep it sealed and have shit box art? Yeah, I feel that's a uh... uh, that seems like something they would do because all of their all of their covers, as far as what I've gotten, have been reversible. Um. I didn't get the copy talk physicals from Limited Run that came from Serenity Forge, but their their reverse covers are cool because it's just the skylines that they show you before you enter yeah. the. Yeah, it's cool. I like that's it. Intre- that's the actual box arts are pretty sweet too. They're really good pieces of artwork. It's also a PS5 version. That PS5 version of Coffee Talk is not available digitally at the moment. That's the only way to get the PS5 version of Coffee Talk. Interesting. There's no free upgrade or anything as of uh, recording this. Oh, maybe when I put the disc in, it won't yell at me for trying to have two versions of the game. It won't. Yeah. Just like, there's a a thing with physical versions of indie games is like, it'll be like, oh, you can't have the digital and the disc installed at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah. It should be fine. Oh, was this just with indies? Because I say, was it ever since they added the thing where now, if you own a game digitally and physically... They used to count as two separate entities, like you were saying. Yeah. Well, there was a PS5 software update where now, if you've got a game digitally and you put the disc in, it just they count both as the same way. So if you had a I game haven't... installed from disc you and you buy it digitally, you don't have to re-download it anymore. You can just play it. Like, I haven't still, like... tried to do it in a while. I just remember like Celeste and Transistor both yelled at me for this because I had them installed on my PlayStation before I had the disc anyway and then i put the disc in and it's like you gotta delete this one first pal yeah it doesn't do that anymore it should just swap over to the other version it just that's cool uh thing is crossed anyway i thought it was interesting that you bought the ps5 versions because whenever i buy indie stuff i'm usually a switch person when i buy physical indie stuff i don't know why um i don't know i just picked i i already had well i guess on one hand you know you think me i kind of already have a lot of my other ones on ps5 like river city girls i got both of those on ps5 oh, did you yeah it's kind of like a continuity thing at this point i guess yeah mine is mine it's kind of like how i wasn't gonna buy switch, I, P- I wasn't gonna buy playstation octopath because i already have octopath one on the switch mm. yeah i do that though if I, I yeah say, that's but... that's it. that's the thing it's like with game pass right and it's like persona's got that game pass deal now but like in my head persona is tied to playstation just because i had that original experience on playstation so now i'm gonna always want to play persona on playstation it's just one of those things yeah you know once you've got in your head franchise belongs here then it feels wrong if you don't play it there it's why you're gonna play crash bandicoot on the pc (laughs) i genuinely will because it doesn't feel right yeah it doesn't feel right it just it just it just feels wrong it but yeah just... it'll be cool to have uh, coffee talk 2 for the playstation because i had to play it on the pc when i got oh, it earlier this year <laughs> yeah i got it on playstation 5 good job thank you i worked very hard and i didn't you know i don't know if this was a printing error and this is just weird observations about this box now but like and i it seems weird to me uh According to the boxes, first Coffee Talk rated M, Coffee Talk 2 rated T, 
And I can't for the life of me. I can't. I think it's just a printing error on the first one's box. Because, like, I can't for the life of me imagine why they would be different. And I especially don't remember anything about the first game being M-rated. Well, you know, when you think about it, it makes sense that because uh, of the title of the second one's rated T. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. The joke is like when... It's like when... It's like, yeah. That's, that was the joke. Yeah. I got thank it. You, thank you. Thank it's you. like... That, look forward there's to my one Phoenix Wright on game that's randomly M-rated, but it makes sense because there's a scene that justifies it. <laughs> it's on screen right now, by the way. We all just do one of these long outros, so I'll just put them up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no i could order them from serenity forge but unfortunately i've got to go through this persona problem so i'm like eh. and i hate this i hate limited run not because um no i don't have a grudge against limited run like a lot of people do because i haven't ordered from them before but i hate limited run because when they take up the kind of rights for these projects they usually have exclusivity so no one else ever really publishes them uh, and they only do American, time and they only do like American that. copies. So it's going to be really uh, annoying for me because the sucks. Switch and American box arts are different. Where they, where the North American Switch box art has all the titles on the top on their on the sides, whereas <laughs> ours are centered. So it's going to really annoy me because all because the, all my Persona copies are going to be at North American, so they're all going to look wrong on my shelf. Stuff like that. Hate it. Yeah. I just wish. I but yeah. Stump. I think if because like Fan Gamer or whatever, someone recently did a Celeste. Oh, I love Fan Gamer. Yeah, it was Celeste. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fan Gamer was Celeste. Which I contemplated buying again because their artwork for that looked really good. That's the copy I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really Limited nice because Fan Gamer does and... European copies. It's great. Yeah, big ups to Fan Gamer. They actually do regional variants. Yeah, they good. did one in like 2019. Mm-hmm. Which was the only one I was aware of for a while, or, yeah, which I suspect was the only one for a yeah. while. And yeah, this is Atlas Hunter. This is it. We oh, won't yeah. get another printing. <laughs> Atlas this is isn't, weirdly this isn't, loyal to this things isn't for no Maddie reason. Makes games. This isn't anybody else, right? This is this is Atlas. Well done. This is all you'll get. This will be the only physical copy of Persona Four Golden that you'll get for Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox ever. So. Because they just gotta bite the bullet, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is weird, because like I say, you know, you, most people will be like, eh, I don't give a shit about P3P because Reload is literally like four months away. But Golden, it's like, Golden is in that gray area where it's like, people want to remake, but we're gonna assume that we're gonna get an older Persona game remade before Golden after this, you'd assume, so. Unless they, unless Atlas wants to commit to that bit of P one and two just not existing, which uh, would be comical. But I think P four is probably likely to get a remake before those because I also do, but I also feel like I also feel like I don't want to be on the internet when that happens. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. There's also a part of me that's like, you're gonna have to rework some of P (laughs) four. Some of their dialogue's gonna need to be done again. Which will be interesting. Yeah. But oh, you can't kick Yuri out of both of his roles. You know what I mean? I know they replaced the cast for three. Good. But poor Yuri, dude. What's he going to do? <laughs> be Spider-Man? He can't just live on those Spider-Man checks, dude. Poor Yuri. 
I think Yuri's gonna be fine. I don't he's know. only one of he's only one of the most famous voice actors around. <laughs> anyway, we've been rambling long enough. I'm exhausted, so I'm gonna wrap it. I'm gonna wrap it up here. I'm all, I'm losing. I'm losing the ability to speak, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, but yeah, thank you ever so much for listening and watching this week. We really do appreciate it. Next week, we finally have a break, which is nice. So uh, I think next week, God, it might have to be either next week or the week after. Might have to. We're going to have to start talking about predictions for what's going to get nominated for game awards and stuff like that right like that's going to have to yeah. start cropping up we're getting to that season which is scary um but hey it's all fun and games until it's actually happening yeah, yeah i know right it's always fun it's a fun hypothetical and then you're like oh and then no it's just damn games then you and then have it's to like watch a, it it's a month like, until oh, we have to spend four hours watching game four awards hours again jeff <laughs> I'm off at least this time, which is good. Like, that's the only bright side, is I don't have to go to work again. Like, the last three years we've done it, so that's a positive. <laughs> um, but yeah. We'll see what happens next week. Like I say, we've obviously we've got P5 Tactica and Super Mario... Well, which one is it? It's Mario, Mario RPG, RPG, right? I'm like, there's two of them now, so I'm like, thousand years old now, that's later, that's 2024. So yeah, we've, we've still got some games yet to come. I don't think that has a release date yet. <laughs> No, it's, I it's assume probably it's going to be June. Yeah, it yeah. Is, it's 120. Surely it's it can't June. take that long. It's probably June. But anyway, uh, join us next week for talking about random stuff. Will it be Game Awards? Will it be something else? Because we realize there's something be else. Spider Man suits? <laughs> Shall we rank some Spider Man suits? <laughs> Let's find out next week. Same time, same place. Uh, as always, uh, have an awesome week. And yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. See ya. Doodaloo.